Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. Are you looking for a way to strengthen your relationship? How about a way to turn up the kink? Have you ever wanted to explore more alternative lifestyles? In this podcast, live from the Sexual Health Expo in Los Angeles, I'm interviewing three different sex experts on the topics of love languages, open relationships, and exploring your inner kink. Enjoy the show. Today's show is sponsored by the brand new Rave by Revive. You know I love WeWeb's famous couple toys and bullet vibes, which is why I'm so excited to introduce the incredible Rave. At first glance, the Rave appears to be a simple sculptural vibrator, but when you look closer, you'll see an array of facets and asymmetrical curves that make it so special. Once inserted, a gentle twist in either direction will glide the Rave's varied angles and faces over your most sensitive areas. Pretty soon, you'll find your G-spot and know exactly how to make that magic happen. And the Rave's curved shape is extremely comfortable to hold and use and gives you control over the pressure you apply internally. And it uses WeVibe's amazingly powerful motors and programs, allowing for a variety of vibration patterns and speeds. It's rechargeable and, of course, made from 100% body-safe materials. Okay, if that's not enough, you can customize the Rave, okay? Use the functions on the WeVibe's we Connect app on your smartphone. It has an app, people. You can control this with an app. It's amazing. So get ready to twist and shout with the rave. Just go to my website, sexwithemily.com, click on the rave banner, and you can get it. Use code EMILY for a special discount. Also, check out our rave video on the Sex with Emily YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. So let me tell you about Promescent. Did you know one in three men suffers from premature ejaculation? Well, now you don't have to. Promescent is a quickly absorbing delay spray that allows you to have the sex you want. Promescent closes the arousal gap between men and women. You might get there faster than she would like. That happens sometimes. So Promescent helps you last twice as long. Thousands of urologists are recommending Promescent, the only FDA-approved treatment for premature ejaculation. And if you don't have premature ejaculation, that's fine too. You might just want to last longer in bed. It's great for that as well. So go to promescent.com to find out more. That's promescent, P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T.com. You got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. The girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean? Like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. But you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. Hi, everyone. Thank you for coming. Uh, welcome to the Sexual Health Expo. And thank you to the Sexual Health Expo, the amazing staff for putting this together. And thank you to the sponsors of the event, WeVibe and Pleasure Chest. WeVibe makes great toys and Pleasure Chest is in, is, is in charge of all of these um, seminars. You guys having a good time? Yeah? Good expo weekend. Anyone learn anything new? Just tell me what you've learned. One thing. Oh, come on. It's sex. Okay, you don't have to tell me. We'll talk after. That's cool. Okay, so live podcast. Um, my name's Emily, as you know. Sex, uh, sex with Emily is my podcast. And um, I'm excited because I love being part of the expo. I don't think, is this good? Weird? I don't think there's not a lot of places like this where people can go and learn about how to have great sex and relationships. Um, 
I appreciate everyone like listening to the podcast, but really now you get to come and have like hands-on experience and I hope you guys are having a good time. So usually I have co-hosts with me, Menace or Anderson, but today I thought, God, who would be amazing to be here? And I thought Reed Mahalko. Do you guys know Reed? Where's Reed? Reed's awesome. He's joining me. Reed! <laughs> come on, Reed. So Reed is America's favorite sex geek. Reed! Hello, Look Emily. at you. That felt really good down there, whatever you were You're doing. Welcome. Hello, everyone. You guys, Reed's awesome. Do you guys know Reed Mahako? I met Reed. Um, you got a big applause. That's good. So I did a, a reality show a few years ago called Misadvise on Bravo, and they were like, oh, you know, we're going to have this guy in your show because they, you know, they were looking for someone, and he came on my show. And the next thing I knew, I was making out with him on national television. We were teaching a kissing workshop, and so he is actually a good kisser, and he... Practice what he preaches. See, remember all that. There's proof now. Good kisser. Because he's probably going to try to kiss a lot of you if he corners you. So just know. I will not corner you. It's Don't make it. me sound creepy. No, no. It's, it's consensual. I, I consented. So just be consensual. How was your time at the workshop? This is it so was much great. How many so. people are meeting me for the first time? Meeting you. Hi. Tell about him. Hi. So I go by, I go by many names. Um, one of them is I'm kind of like the golden retriever on espresso of sex education. Everybody do air quotes. Now do dirty air quotes. Now do creepy. So when people ask, like, how is Reed? Be like, creepy. And everyone will know who's creepy. Well, when he, yeah, I have to say that on one of the episodes, where everyone's like, that guy's kind of creepy. I'm like, no, 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 that's how they edited it. He's really not that creepy. But you're self-proclaimed creepy. So now I'm like, yeah, I guess he's no, no, creepy. Whatever you're fun. We're having fun. You know what? No labels. That's what this is about. It's all about finding what works for you. And that's what we're going to be doing today because we're interviewing... A few people who have some great workshops here. We're going uh, to read Date Your Species. Yep, Dating We're your also going to be talking about the love languages. We have Jenny here. She taught a love language workshop. We've got Molina. We've got uh, Molina's workshop. Amazing. Uh, Knowing Your Kink. She's going to be coming on. And then also Dirty Lola. How you Ooh. negotiate alternative lifestyles. So we've got in the love language as well with Jenny. So this is going to be a good show. How is your workshop? Date Your Species. How is it? I don't know. Ask them later. It didn't happen yet. No, it's, it's happening like, oh, later. Oh, good. This is like a precursor. Like this is after, like foreplay. After your podcast is now, then oh. I give my talk. Okay, so what can they expect? Um, I will be funny. You do not have to laugh. Um, mostly, I'm going to geek out with you all about why relationships seem so challenging these days and things you can do to create more ease and more fun in your relationships. And, and I'll teach you what I mean by dating your species. Okay. Do, yeah. Do you want me to tell dating, them now? Yeah. You just want a spoiler? No, no spoiler. You guys just no have spoilers? to go to his workshop. Do you guys want a spoiler? How many people want spoilers? How many yeah, people are like, no spoilers? That. Just do it. We don't okay. have a lot of time. We're moving. Right. We so, don't have an hour. Like, I could be here for six hours talking to every single one of you, which I would love. Yeah. The, the, the big thing is, it's people are getting, people fall in love with great people who are horrible fits for them. Sound familiar? And when you do that... It's problematic when all the love, the brain cocaine wears off, and you're like, oh, why are we living together? We have nothing in common, zero, except exactly. for that great sex we had the first three yeah. months we were together. And I'll talk all and about like, the, the history of that and then how to, how to deconstruct it and then what you can do to, to figure out if somebody's your species and what species you are. That's it. That's the spoiler. I love it. That's so Thank good. Thank you. What have you seen here today? What have you... What, tell me, like, the exhibitors. Thank you to the, all the amazing exhibitors, by the way. Have you guys... What, what have you seen? Anything new here that you love? Uh, 
Well, has, has everyone favorite? checked out the Sibian booth yet? Oh, well, Sibian is my... That is a timeless classic. You all know if you listen to the show that it's my... It's, it's amazing. It's, timeless classic. We Vibe. If you haven't checked out We Vibe. Um, and then I just want to say... Sibian's my mascot. Professional my tools. Professional tools create professional results. So everyone say that with me. Professional tools... Create professional results. Thank you. Thank you, yeah, sir. You, you really, yeah, you want to make sure that you're buying really good, well-made yeah. products. Uh, well-made, yeah, well-made products that are good for you. And that's why the, the toys here and the products here are the ones that you want yeah. to get on board with. And I know Pleasure Chest has a great booth with, like, what, well, what's your favorite toy right now? You. Baby, that's, that's so right. sweet. You and that microphone. What? You and that microphone. You like microphone. Grip the microphone? How's my grip? Do you guys take anyone, anyone take the blowjob workshop? Oral sex workshop? No? You don't need it. You guys all know what you're doing. Um, so, yeah, I what? What? Did Talk to them. Classes? Okay, I want to, um, what, what is that? Talk to them. What's your number one blowjob tip? I always oh. ask everyone that question just to warm it up because uh, okay. he doesn't want a fucking blowjob tip. No, number one blowjob tip. Um, when you have an erect penis. Well, first off, there's, there's at least 69 things you can do with a flaccid cock. So don't disregard the unhard penis. It is an untapped resource. Just put it in your mouth, let it soak a while. Just, just and understand. And then it won't be hard anymore. You're saying well, just so, it doesn't have to be hard. True. But that, True that. There's a lot of fun you can create. Um, figure out how to work balls, because that's what we get scared about. And never ever go up to a penis. Go, ha! Too scary? We don't like that. No, we don't no. like that at no, all. Yeah. No sudden like movements said. and loud noises around the nuts. It's true. Use everything. Use all your faculties. Your, your yeah. hands, your mouth, um, your my, feet if you but, want. But what? the thing I like is uh, like? a firm grip. Okay? A firm grip on the base, especially when it's hard, because you can squeeze really tight. Believe me, we've been squeezing it really tight for our whole lives. Um, and do like a, what I call like a slow stir. Like your, this is a weird looking cock, isn't it? There's so many phallic things going on, but it's hard to get it just right. But there's so many okay. phallic Imagine that's a penis. And that's, okay. So, robot penis. You're going to grab the whole base, and you're going to do this slow kind of stir. It's not a cabbage patch. It won't move that much. If it moves that much, you just hurt somebody. Um, but you're kind of slow stirring it because the erection goes into the pelvis, and that kind of firm pressure and slow stir, for some penis owners, very nice. That's right. Very nice. That's good, Reed. Yeah, thanks. You know your way around a penis or two. I, I've, I've, I have clocks and time stories. on clocks. Reed is like, we're all like the sex educators here and everyone. I missed the dinner last night. I was very sad because I was Are sick. Are you feeling better? I feel like it's, can you tell? But people think, eh, the horse, raspy voice. But I wanted to, but you also have fun play parties that I've never been able to attend. Play I, parties. I can neither like confirm nor deny. I'm sorry that I've missed them. I was, I was yeah. sick last night, but you're always a good time. Thank you for Thanks. joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you for it. having awesome. me. Yeah, you're the best. Do you want to go back under the table and come back out later? You can do what you want. We have to um, bring up Jenny Steinberg. Okay. But it's not because you're not awesome. Stay for his workshop after. Date your species. <laughs> thank you, everyone. How many? Yeah, thank you. Everyone thank say you, thank you, Emily. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Jen Steinberg. <laughs> Just see, I'm sick. I did not get out of dinner fake sick. It was real sick. Not sick sick. We can all hug after. Group hug. Just a little dry throat. Hi, Jenny. Hi, I feel like I was just introduced by Batman. Yes, there's yeah. a lot of things you can call him. That's true. Batman's a good one. That's yeah. actually. Yeah. Jenny Steinberg. Okay, you taught your workshop yesterday? Yesterday, yes. Okay, Jenny is a licensed marriage and family therapist, professional clinical counselor, spoken on a wide variety of topics related to mental health and minority issues, 
And what I love was you spoke about the five love languages, a book by Gary Chapman. Yes. And do you guys all know about the love languages? It's one of my, it's a great, it's a great tool for couples. And I just want to talk. So I was like, oh my God, we've got to get Jenny on. Um, First of all, let's explain the love languages. If, If people aren't quite sure, they're like, what? I'm not sure about it. Sure. Tell me about it. So I describe myself as a strength-based therapist. And what that means is that when somebody's sitting in front of me and they're in pain, I don't want to talk about what's going on. I, mean, I do want to talk about what's going on that's negative. But I also want to talk about the things that are positive. And a lot of the times the thing that's positive when somebody's in front of me saying that they feel disconnected from their partner is that they are trying really hard to express their love. They're telling me they love their partner and they're trying to express that and it's falling on deaf ears. Right. So typically they're doing things like, but I always tell her that I love her and I bring her gifts all the time, you know, for example. So she's like, but that's, you know, I really want a back rub when you come home. And just because you're doing all these things for me, that's not how I, people experience love in different ways. And there's five different ways. Sure. So those ways are words of affirmation, physical touch, gifts, acts of service, and, oh God, listing things is hard. Um, Um, Quality time. Quality time. Thank you. I'm obsessed with this book. Do you guys know about this book at all? Is this, okay, good. I love that. But if not, you should check it out. Because, so there's five languages. And we all, primarily, that's how we all experience love. It could be we learned it in our childhood or that's, you know. And typically, there's two that typically appeal to people, you think, the two, two love languages that define us. How do you break that down? I think that some people have one love language. Some people are sort of love language bilingual, right, if right. you will. Um, but what I hear a lot of the time is stories about, for example, somebody will say, you know, I got home from work and I looked around our home and everything was a mess. And I thought, you know, I love my partner so much and they've been working so hard. I want to show them how much I care about them. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to clean the apartment from top to bottom. Right. And the partner gets home and they look around and they go, oh, thanks, honey. I really appreciate it. They go upstairs, they change out of their work clothes and they leave their work clothes in a pile on the floor. And then that night to show their appreciation, they give the first partner a back rub let's say. Right, because they, right. To say, you know, to show their appreciation. The first partner is so pissed off about the lack of gratitude for all the time spent cleaning the house that they can't even really enjoy the back rub. So what that is is a disconnect. The first person was saying, I love you, and so I'm going to do this thing, this act of service, clean the apartment. And then the second partner is saying, well, I'm going to give you a back rub because their love language is perhaps physical touch. Right, because that's what they would have wanted. if they Right. Were- but then ultimately neither one of them feels love because they're not reciprocating. Right. And so you, right, okay. So how do people go about identifying, because it's, everyone's going to have your love language. Like, it's pretty interesting how the five really do encapsulate most ways that people experience love. So how do people go about identifying their own first there are a few, and their partners? Yeah, that's a great question. And there are a few ways that people can identify their love language. The first is kind of counterintuitive. If you think about the things that you get angriest about in your relationship, that's probably why you're feeling a lack. So, so give me an example. Yeah. So if you get angry when your partner works long hours, your love language is probably quality time. If you get angriest when your partner, like, leaves messes around the house, your love language might be acts of service. If you get angriest when your partner's not verbally communicating with you, it's probably words of affirmation. Right, and that's what, okay. Right. So then the other way is to think about the times that you have felt most loved. This is the second of third ways, or the second of three ways. Um, ah, three ways. Um, and... That is just to think about when you feel most loved. What are the things, if you think back on the course of your relationship, what are the things that have made you feel the most loved? Right, okay. And then the third way is to 
pay attention to how you show your love for your partner because you're probably communicating in your own language. So even if it's not what your partner's picking up on, that's probably how you would like to be shown love. Right. So let's give examples. So, for, okay, I know my love languages is, is physical touch. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't, like, with my, this guy I'm dating, mm -hmm. boyfriend, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, boyfriend. But <laughs> I'm, like, the touchy. I'm always, like, yeah. touching him, whatever. That's just how I, I do it. And words of affirmation. I'm like, just tell me I'm hot or cute or smart. Like, once a day, that's fine. That's just how my family did it. That's how I experienced it. But for him, it's more like, um, we haven't quite figured this out. I think his is more, um, his is words of affirmation and, and um, gifts. So I'm not a gift person. Like someone could bring me gifts that I'm dating and I'm like, oh, thanks, that's sweet, you know, but just like touch me. Like I just want to just give me a massage. And they could bring me gifts all day long and I'm like, but you haven't, you know, said anything nice to me today. Mm -hmm. And so for him, it's like I could keep saying you're, you know, same thing. I keep touching him. He's not as touchy-feely. So typically you don't have the same. Maybe you might, but a lot of times you have a different love language with your partner. So you have to learn how to speak their love language. Yeah. Because otherwise I feel like if he doesn't touch, I'm like, can, we, can you touch me for five minutes? You know what I mean? That's a negotiation. It's a negotiation because you might never feel loved, right, if you sure. are and not getting that. And people wonder if that, first of all, did that guy just find out he's your boyfriend just now? No, I just don't like that. I don't like a label. No, he's my boyfriend. Okay. Um, so I, I think a lot of people might talk feel about on the show, you know. that like if you're you said giving gifts isn't really your thing, that might feel inauthentic. It might feel like, oh God, I'm forcing this. Right. But I really like the idea of the platinum rule. Have you heard of this? No, tell me everything. Okay. So there's the golden rule, which we all know about, which is do unto others as you would like done unto you. So in like, if you want somebody to do a nice thing for you, do that thing for that other person. The platinum rule levels that up, and it basically is do things for other people that they would like done for them. Exactly. And, so, if, and if your goal is to show your love for a person, that's the way to do it, is to do it in the ways that they would most receive it. So how does this really, how have you seen this in your practice help couples? Can you like tell us, talk about a time where you like, there was a disconnect and then they were just like, okay, I guess I got to learn to buy gifts, but it's worked or however it's played sure. out. Sure. I mean, so I work with some couples. I work mostly with individuals and I'm, so here's an example. I had a client talk about how she was trying to talk about a subject uh, that was causing her some stress, and she was talking, pursuing and pursuing and pursuing her husband to try to get him to talk about this. And he kind of shied away, which is a whole other topic of conversation. <laughs> but when he finally came back to her, instead of talking to her, he put his hand on her shoulder and started rubbing her back. And she was like, that's not enough. That's not what I was looking for. I was looking for a conversation. So maybe his love language was physical affection and hers was words of affirmation. And there was just that disconnect there. Right. So we kind of talk about that. We look at that and we talk about, you know, what is this person's intention? Are they trying to be a jerk and be dismissive and avoid the conversation? Or are they trying to yeah, like, show that they love you? Exactly. Because typically not. If you think about it, your, your partner does love you to the best of their ability, right? I mean, they love you. Yeah. And sometimes we often don't feel loved. So you can target. And there's a great, like, test you can take online. Yeah. There's actually, I, I made a quiz on my blog. Oh, okay. What's your, your website? So my website is JennySteinberg.com. That's Jenny with an I-E, Steinberg with an E-I. <laughs> it's also on, all of this will be on the Sex Assembly website, That's too. easier. So I don't have to spell no, but, Yes. Do that as well, and yes. they can take the test. It like takes yes. two seconds. Yeah, it's like a ten question quest, a ten question test, like you'd find in Cosmo, just like a, which right. of these five answers. But more useful, matches maybe. You. But I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it really is because yeah. once I learned this, for example, with my partner, it was gifts. I was like, that's so weird for me. But then I'm like, okay, not that I wouldn't buy. You know, I'm a generous person, right. but then I'm like, okay, I'm going to his house. Right. 
I should, you know, not every day, but I'm like, okay, well, he would really appreciate if I picked right. this up for him, or this is the shirt that he wanted, or, you know, and he, like, his, his face, like, lights up, you know, and, and, and then I say, where's my foot massage, and, you know, we're good, sure. but I've learned, because I was like, oh, we really need to understand this, because a lot of times we can feel so dissatisfied, because we're not just, no matter what your partner does, your love cup can be empty, because it's not being filled up in the ways that you... Sure, and to clarify, gifts doesn't mean a lot of money. Like, you can pick a flower yeah, on the way over exactly. to this house and say, oh, I was thinking of you, and you're cute, and this flower's cute, and here, have a flower. Exactly. It's like little thing. I'm like, you yeah. said you needed salt. Right. I was at Safeway. I bought you salt. That's a gift. And he was so happy. He's Definitely. Like, salt was yes. so great. I'm yes. like, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I have stuff in my oh. trunk now. I'm like, here's some gifts. Cool. But you know what I mean? So it's a great way to, uh, to really look at your relationship and say, I mean, I don't see any way, this, what I love about this is it's so easy and simple to digest and you can look it up and be like, that might be something that we've been struggling with and it could be a barrier, I think, to maybe get you through sometimes if you guys just feel like you're not communicating. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'll do? I'll go ahead and I'll tweet this, the, the quiz on my website when I get off this And stage. then we'll retweet it. That sounds perfect. <laughs> I will tag you in it. My Twitter handle is Therapist Jenny, J-E-N-N-I-E. So I'm going to tweet that quiz okay, in about five you. minutes. Thank absolutely. you, Jenny. I'm yeah. so glad you're talking about this. It's important. I think it's yes. really useful for a lot of couples. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks Thank you so here. much for having so me. So fun, Ellie. you guys. Live podcast. Love it. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you. Okay. So you're all going to do your dirty love language. And I'm, I'm at Sex with Emily on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, next. Dirty Lola. Here she is. Hi, Lola. Hi, Dirty Lola. Hello, Emily. I can't decide if I want to grip it. I like, I like it because it's, like it. it's like a penis. It is like a penis. Let's get into that. So, right? Okay, Dirty Lola um, actually taught a workshop. You taught I did. Negotiating alternative lifestyles yes. with Dirty Lola. Yes. So you're a naughty storyteller, sex toy peddler. Yes. I guess I am too. Yeah. Can't mm -hmm. help it. It's one of those business things. Just my car, my trunk is filled with toys. <laughs> um, and the creator and host of the live sex positive Q&A go-go show and podcast, Sex at a Go-Go. Yes. Okay, so tell me about your workshop, Negotiating Alternative Lifestyles. So I found myself at the age of 27, um, married and having a crisis of self. And I was online discovering kink and polyamory and going through all these changes and I had no idea where to start. And I'm 34 now and I have a wonderful open marriage and I am kinky as all fuck and very happy. And I sat down and I said, you know, if I'm confused, if I was confused about how to start, other people are. And through doing my show, that's one of the main questions. People were always like, how did you get started? How did you? Okay, so let's talk about it. So you're 27. You get your, like, this is, there's something out there. I'm not getting into my relationship. Right. And you get divorced. I did it the wrong then, way, and I had an affair. Don't do that. Don't skip, you skip that step. Don't do that. Um, I had an affair. We worked through that. And one day I was reading the New York Times and it was the book review section. And I don't remember the name of the book, but it was a, a book about polyamory. And they were talking about polyamory. And I'm reading it and I'm like, this is me. This, this is me. And I take it to my husband. I'm like, this is, this is why I'm all fucked up. And he's like, I don't care. We're not doing that. Right. Because it's not for everybody. Explain right. to it. So it's not for everybody. So polyamory, you know, it's multiple partners. Um, there's different types of polyamory. There's... There's polymono, which means you have maybe one other partner, and there's, I call it polysluttery because I have lots of partners that fill different niches in my life. Um, but yet, so I kind of folded that up and kept it in my pocket, and then I would 
bring it up ever so once in a while. And slowly I wore him down. He's like, okay, maybe we could try threesomes. Maybe we could bring another this was the one husband. home. This is the okay, husband. Got it. The ex, are you not, are you no, still we're still together. Oh, I, I, I worked on that wait, shit. See, I was thinking that you left. Okay, see, I no, love this. No, I didn't leave. Okay, We've I been, missed that part. I've been with this man since I was 19 years old. I wasn't giving up that easy. Where is he? Is he here? No. Okay, right, because you got other lovers here right yeah. now. So let's talk about that. Oh, no. Okay, so you stayed <laughs> He's with, with his girlfriend, actually. But you said at first, right, see, this is how people are like, I don't understand. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, okay, so it worked. He was like, no, 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 but then it. No, 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 but I kept it to the side and I would bring it up and I'm like you know but this is how I feel and this is where I am emotionally and he's like maybe we could bring in another woman so we did that and then he's like I'd be open to trying a foursome and we did that and after the foursome he's like I fucking get it now I get it like I love you but I can't stop thinking about that girl I'm like I know right 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 and so then I started dating. He wasn't really into the dating. We, we were swinging for a little while. Um, that he wasn't was, into the swinging? He was, uh, you know, what? It, it, it was kind of like I was doing all the work. And I'm like, dude, you got to like do finding, some of the, yeah. Right. He's like, just, just serve him up. Right? I'm charismatic. He's shy. And so I'm the one like, hey, 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 hey. And let's go do things. And that worked. We did that for a while. And then I met his girlfriend, who, the woman who became his girlfriend. We slept together. <laughs> and then this is how it all happens, and you're fi- okay. And then and then they became a couple, and now we're a poly family. She's married. Her she and her husband have two kids. They're basically our kids now. Like we're all a big happy. And now, okay, so talk to me about how this this works. Do you, do you have kids as well? No. How does what do the children <laughs> think? Like I have six mommies. Um. How do you talk to them about it? The kids are kind of like when we started. Their their parents were already polyamorous when okay. we met them. Um, and we just were there all the time and they saw us hanging around and there was one night I was going to dinner with uh, my metamor, which is my husband's girlfriend, her husband, and the oldest goes, do you love my dad? I'm like, I, I love him. I do love him. I love him like I love you. And she's like, do you love <laughs> my dad? I'm like, no, I'm not quite there yet. And she's like, okay. And like with my so, husband, they kind of, they, they love him and they're always, they sing mommy and, I won't say his real name, sitting right. in a tree. Like they sing that and okay. kids, kids pick up really. They do pick it up, but I'm just wondering how a lot of people think. We didn't really explain it. We're just there. They know that we're, I'm Lola and, right. and they. You're like family, like yeah. animals, sort of. Yeah, and, and they, they know we love their parents. I grew up with a very small family, so maybe yeah. that would have been good for me if I, I had like one aunt who like lived in Singapore. <laughs> it would have been nice to be. My parents should have been swingers. Open relationship. I mean, I they know. get it. But, yeah. But how do people go about finding that their community? If they're like, you know what? Right. This might interest me, but I live in Iowa. I mean, we live. where do you live in New York? I live in New York. Right. Which I is mean, a lot LA, easier. I used to live in San Francisco. But people, I get a lot of emails from people, and I'm from Michigan originally, so I get emails who are like, but I'm in Detroit, or I'm in Iowa. Like, what do they do? What do you Go online. About? Check on, there's... An abundant so like OKCupid is a dating site, but it's very poly friendly. Very actually, they now made it where you can link your other relationships. That's what, yeah, they and just tag like your last other week, relationships, right? and you can actually put like I'm polyamorous as a relationship status. So that's one way to start finding people. Um, if you're on Facebook and you Facebook has groups, and if you go on and you type in polyamory, like a million things pop up. So, so many states have groups of people that are already Thank God for Facebook, meeting right? up. Yeah, Facebook is You thought you met your high school alums. Um, you could also find your next lover exactly, on Facebook. Exactly. And uh, FetLife, which is Fet kink, is but one. also there's a lot of poly community on FetLife. And so you can find events and groups 
through FetLife, um, things like that. And then I always tell people also, if you live somewhere very far out, like in the middle of nowhere, I grew up in the South, I feel you, you may not be able to make your own community where you live, but you can travel. So things like this, um, conferences. Sexual Health Expo. Yeah, there's poly conferences. The world. There's all kinds of things where you can like go and be in that environment and meet people that way. And then you end up, you know, creating something. So you may have to travel for it. It may be something right. that once a year is where you get to go do your thing. Or you meet other people. Like our poly family, they live in Maryland. They live four hours away. Right. But you, you make it work. You make it you work. It so out. you find your people. So here's my question. And this is, again, this is a live podcast. So I have a lot of listeners all over the world. And they're listening to this. And I've talked, I mean, I've done, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've done a lot of different podcasts, 3,000 podcasts. But I'm always interested. I always get these questions when people are in poly. They're like, wait. You then you he brought home your husband brought home his new girlfriend and then you had sex with her and then he had sex with her and he said I can't stop thinking about her. How did you personally learn to deal with the jealousy? I've always been polyamorous. I've been polyamorous like since your, I was in high school and just didn't know what it was called. Okay. In you high never school, had like, that jealousy. So how about people it's, it's who not, do and they think I, I like this idea, but I could never overcome the fact that my partner is thinking about someone else right now. I get but jealous. But I want to be with someone else. Yeah. But I know how to process what I'm feeling. How do you process it? So first of all, realize your jealousy is your own shit. Sorry, it's not, it's usually, most likely it's not your partner, no matter how much you want to think it is. It's usually your own stuff. Our own insecurities. It is. Own. And sometimes you need to sit down, yeah. but they may be warranted. So it may be that you're missing something. You need more time. Um, they broke a boundary. They broke a promise. You haven't spent a lot of time together. Uh, like before we, I just, I'm here for a week. I'm in LA and he's going to be with his partner and I've been very busy and he's been very busy and we didn't really get to connect much before we left. And so we kind of made a bar of when we get home, we're going to do this. So that keeps you from feeling like, oh, you're giving all your attention to this other person. Right. It also helps if you're also doing extracurricular fucking. Like, I'm not here while he's with his girlfriend going, oh, man, I'm here, like, having sex all weekend, and it's amazing. Right. So I'm not thinking about him in that I am, but I'm not. Like, I'm right. not sitting there going, he's with his girlfriend this weekend. So you guys negotiate ahead of time. You make those yeah. compromises. Right. And, and we've it. been doing it for so long, it kind of flows. But you actually have to do the work of... This is what's going on this weekend. I'm not comfortable with X, Y, Z happening. Like Give me it, an example of the X, Y, Z. So, okay, early on in our Break relationship. Break down the X, Y, Z. X, Y, Z. So early on in our relationship, we, it was, uh, if he would go with his girlfriend, it would be before you leave, we're going to have a night where we have dinner together. We're going to fuck before you go. Um, like really good fucking. Plan not, it out. Right, What's exactly. good fucking? Like, like long, not like a quickie. Okay. Like, you know, couple, like I an hour. Say, that's how my show started. Couple hours. Like, I had great sex. I'm like, what do you mean? Break that down for me. Like, what just more than just, like, bang, 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 okay. Like, you know, some foreplay and porn, and because I love porn, and, and all this. What do you this, watch? What's your favorite porn? I don't, I, whatever. You can't even start. It, yeah, okay. it's too many things. Got it. <laughs> um, so, uh, and that, so those are our boundaries. And also, um, how many times we call each other. Like, I, while, since I'm traveling, I'm the one who reaches out because I'm on a different coast. I call him in the morning when I wake up, or we text. We make sure we say goodnight. We never go to bed without saying goodnight to each other. Um, and that's something that you guys discussed because perhaps right. early on you were like, I didn't get a call last night. Right. Where were you? And so we, you there were fights. Out. There were so many fights of, you didn't even call me. You weren't even thinking about me. And so now it's okay if I'm on a dif different time zone, I'll call. We goodnight. And when I check in during the day. And also, though, I connect with his partner. So I send her good mornings and how are you and how's he feeling. It's a lot of work, though, with all the partners. It's not text group, all the group partners. text. Group text everyone. We, good we have a. It's called adult. Our group text is called Adult Swim. 
We okay. have one with the kids that says our family. So I send cute pictures and how was school today. And then we have adult swim, which is for us adults. And I send uh, this look, look at this bruise I got from doing this fun thing. Or um, guess who I fucked tonight. Or I love all of you. I hope you're all cuddling and things like that. That's and, great. So you're all yeah. very, right. Okay. So are there a lot of people in this? I mean, I, I'm so fascinated by it. And I think a lot of people are. But they might think, you know, what? it's not for everybody. No. And that's okay. That's totally fine. I'm not one of those poly people that are like, you need We're to all get poly. Into We're not this. all any one I thing. I don't, yeah. But what do you think that people can learn from it? If they're not, and they're in a relationship, in a committed relationship with one person, but what do you think that the takeaway that people can learn from Communication. This? I don't, even in monogamous relationships, people aren't communicating. People go through their whole day and don't talk to each other and don't check in because you just don't think you need to. So that's one of the main things that I think people from in monogamous relationships can look at Polly and go, oh, all this extra communication that doesn't have to feel extra. It's, I'm checking in with people I love. I'm letting you know what's going on in my day. Um, also just about setting boundaries. Because even in monogamous relationships, you need to set boundaries of what you're okay with. Even like flirting. Like some people think flirting is cheating. I don't. But some people do. They do. Or some people think, you know, like you can't even talk to someone of the opposite sex. But those are things that you need to talk about and not just get angry that you saw your husband talking to, you know, the hot lady at the Symbian booth. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. People are riding the Symbian and getting jealous. <laughs> Um, hi, money. No, but it's interesting, though, because I think that, like I always say, communication is a lubrication. And I realized right. after I've been saying that for 10 years now that people are like, but how? Like, I get what you're saying, Emily, but how do I really, like, have that? Like, people just go with the anger. Like, that really upset me that you were doing that, but we want to, like, drop it down to another level. Go to where therapy. Like, no, we, we went, therapy. we found an amazing sex-positive therapist who is, she uh, was okay with poly and kink. And we and she even invited us to bring in our others to sit down. But she gave us a lot of great Lots tools. of chairs then in that yeah. therapist room. But also realizing that, um, you know, I'm a planner. My husband's a procrastinator. So it's accepting. That's how they go to, I'm a procrastinator too. Yeah. I need to be with the planner. But it's accepting who your partner is. Exactly. And then working around that. But one of the main things is making time to talk to each other. You have to make the time. And yeah. you have to, yeah, and you have to set the boundary. And I, and I do think that therapy... I, I will say that I think that every couple eventually you're going to come to a point and, and it's never too soon to go into therapy because if you look at your relationship, you might realize that we're having the same arguments over and over and over again. And there's a point where you're just never going to get deeper with it. It's you're good gonna to have keep, a referee. And it's not about all this stuff about right. who did what and who said who and the flirting. It's about other deeper issues. And right. so and a good therapist therapy, yeah. will make you both feel like you were heard and that nobody won. We never went home going, ha, she took my side. It was, we both went home feeling heard, listened to, and like we had solutions. So take that with you when you're looking for somebody. That's amazing. Thank you, Dirty Lola. You're very welcome. You rock. Okay, Thank everyone you. can find you. It'll all be my website too, but where, your main website? You wanna... My main website is sexedagogo.com. It's where my show is. It's also where you can find links to the podcast. And I'm on Twitter at Dirty Lola. That's where I'm most active. Dirty Lola. There's nudity. I'm just warning you. Okay. Good. <laughs> They want to see the nudity. Okay, thank you so much for thank being you. here. Thank you. It's awesome. Thank you. Also, you guys, um, oh, Molina. We've got Molina coming up here. But I also want to say that we're going to be doing a little Q&A after, too, so at the end of this, like the last 10 minutes. So get your questions ready. Hello. Hi, Molina. What's up? How are you? I am so great. How it's are you? It's good to see you. I'm good. Okay, so Molina taught a workshop, Knowing Your Kink, Knowing Yourself with I did, Molina I did Williams. It. 
Yes, that's what I did. That's what you did? I did. And Tell that was yesterday. Do you want me to give you who you are? Uh, sure, if you want. This is the bio part, but it's important. Award, Melina Melina's award-winning, critically acclaimed writer, actress, BDSM educator, and storyteller. And joining us to talk about the wild, uh, wide world of kink and how to explore your kinky side. The, the wild, the wide, wild, and wild, wide world. world. Yeah, well, my class yesterday, it's interesting because um, talking about kink and BDSM, BDSM being bondage and dominance, dominance and submission, and sadism and masochism, because we perverts love acronyms. And this one's a stacked acronym, it's super awesome. But a lot of times people will think that BDSM is whips and chains in a dungeon, right. and it's a scary thing. And my role is to kind of like sort of like Oprah the BDSM and be like, look, I'm a nice, friendly, chubby black lady, it's okay. They need Oprah in a BDSM about, world. Yeah, yeah. People are and, so and, confused and by it. And talk about it and say, it's only as scary as you want it to be. And frankly, a lot of what we do in kink looks like normal life shit. And you would never know. Wait, can I swear? I just yeah, swore. totally. Okay. Podcast. I was like, I just use a bad word. Please yeah, bleep it because that makes me feel nope. even more edgy. No, nope. you can swear. And I'm getting I try out. not to, but fuck, sometimes I do. <laughs> I really do. There you go. See, I can't help it. Um, okay, no, do whatever so, you want. Go so crazy. So part of what I was Get talking naked. about yesterday was the point that in order to know what you want to do in the dungeon or in the bedroom or in your life, you have to know something about who you are. So it's a lot about exploring your personality, what your desires are. If you're like, hey, maybe I'm dominant. Why are you dominant? Are you dominant because you're an overbearing asshole? And because you feel the need to be the boss of everyone around you and anyone rebelling against your will must be crushed like your foes? And if so, that's great, as long as you are honest about that. If you're submissive because you desire to please other people and you don't want to make a fucking decision for the rest of your life and that would just relax you into a state of constant erotic bliss, great. But if you know that about yourself, you are more able to find a partner who's able to say, you're a bossy asshole. That kind of turns me on. <laughs> so how do people go about finding it? Like you talked about knowing and defining your own kink. Like you're saying, some people might know that, but some people are like, I think I'm interested in it. I don't have chains. I don't have whips. I don't have a dungeon. But kind of yeah. something about it interests me, but I don't know where to go from there. One of the things I tell people to do is to find porn that turns you on in that realm. If you read, and I, and I know a lot of kinky people are going to cringe when I say it, but I have to say it. If you read Fifty Shades of Grey, yes, it's terrible. But let us point out, it's been a gateway drug for literally millions of people around the world. If you can jerk off to some BDSM porn and say, I don't know that I like Christian Grey, but reading about the Red Woman of Pain has gotten me horny, hot, wet, soft, whatever. That's great, because then you can take the next step and say, maybe I want to role play this in the bedroom. Maybe I want to write fiction about it. You right. know, exploring through someone else's view is a great way to give yourself permission to feel okay about it. I, yeah, I agree. It was a gateway, poorly written, kind of painful, but yeah. people were like, oh, that's so interesting. But like, before don't know about that, it. there was Anne Rice and right. the, like, the Sleeping Beauty series, right. which I read back in the day. Day, and I felt bad about myself as a human being. I was like, you are a terrible, yeah. so good, gotta jerk off. Because it went to something beyond my higher brain. Right. You know, I could sit there and go, oh, this writing, oh, this whatever. But then I'm like, you know, right. let it go. Let's have you also judgmental. If it exactly. turned you on, it turned you on. No one's here to judge. <laughs> Just find what you know? turned you on. And before you know? that, it was the story of O. And I'm sure that a lot of people read the story of O back in the day. That's yep. what I was reading right in back in the, in the 80s and 90s yep. and going, Okay, well, this is problematic, and I'm not sure I feel about the ending, but uh, <laughs> I want a special dress, exactly. and I want a special ring, and I want a collar, and I want a mask, and I want a mansion full of hotties. That's a great weekend. So what about a couple who's together, and, and he or she or he, he, she, she, someone right in the couple, like, I want to try this, but I, I do not know where to start because there's so much information out there. 
But I, it's confusing. There's like cuffs, there's whips, there's chains. Yeah. What do you say, like the beginning beginner BDSM or bondage or whatever, figuring it well, out? Because the, the we tell people one thing is that you yeah. can't even tell your partner, like you're upset their socks are on the floor, and I'm saying, tell me you might want to be tied up and blindfolded. Right. You know? Well, the thing is that most people, like show of hands here, even if you, like go back to the mists of time, <laughs> the dawn of your sexuality, and probably at some point you like held your partner's hands down while you were doing them, or they held your hands down, or, or someone like turned you over and tapped your butt, and then tapped your butt a few more times, and you were like, tap hey, it again! Actually kind of awesome. It's organic. Most people do that. Most people will say, I want you to just do me. I want you to take charge of me. So this is really organic. So going back to the fact that this is something we've all done, and to just say to your partner, Tonight, just for tonight, how about you be in charge and you take from me anything you want? And the other person says, oh, okay, where do I start? It's like, how about I serve you dinner and give you a foot massage and then kneel at the foot of the bed and wait for you to tell me what to do? And then your partner goes, well, I don't, I don't know what to do. It's going to be awkward. It's it going be to awkward. be weird. It will be awkward. That's the thing. You've got to get through that and awkward And that's point. okay. You know, I mean, some of the most hilarious, before I was even kinky, my first boyfriend and I were like, we're going to try golden showers. Yeah, we're going to pee on each other. <laughs> this is like the dirtiest thing ever. And we like got ready and he drank all this water and we got in the shower and I'm standing there like, yeah, do it. And he's like, yeah. Didn't I can't pee. <laughs> Don't look. So like, I'm like, it's like suddenly he's pee shy. Like I can't watch him. I'm like I'm turning around. So now I'm like, here's my ass. Pee on my ass. Yeah, do it. He's like, uh. And then he just cracks up laughing. He's like, this is ridiculous. Ah! So and it's trial did, and error. There's and a lot became, of laughter. It and happens. the thing is that it was funny. And then eventually he did pee on me. And we were like, okay, that was that didn't really turn me on. But that we did it. it. You know. And this is the great thing about kink is that it's going to feel silly. And you're going to feel awkward, but you're also silly and awkward together. And la the whole laughter is the best medicine thing. There's very few times that laughing in the bedroom is okay. Generally, it's jarring and might make someone cry. But like, if you do but a those, bondage scene, that's where scene, growth happens. I know exactly. But if you do a bondage scene, the person's like got the socks around your wrists and the scarf, and it's tangled, and your ankles behind your head, and you're like, "Honey, this is not." And you're laughing, and you're having a good time. That enjoyment is a form of bonding. And if someone's giving you a spanking, and they're not doing it correctly, and you're like, "No, I need more on the left cheek, more on the bottom cheek, more on the bottom Just of the curve," and they're up. like, you might as well. "Exactly." You know, you have this excuse to talk and to communicate in a way that doesn't necessarily always happen in the realm of sex. Right. And in a situation where you're exchanging power and you're saying, you do me, now I'm going to do you, you have to talk. You have to absolutely communicate. And this is the amazing and awesome thing about kinky sex is that it forces you to talk about shit that you almost never talk about in regular standard relationships. Right. And that's what I think, right, we want everyone to be talking in your standard relationships, even if you're not a kink. So yeah. there's a lot to learn. Yeah. From it, so would, you said that you weren't always kinky. I mean, or maybe you weren't. I was, was always, a a, I was always like, yeah, I was like the freak in high school. Like that was, that was the, that was the term. So right. I was never ever like. This. How did you get into it then? How uh, did you manifest it? Long and crazy story short. Basically, I met this like hot British guy, and nice. you know, we were about to like hook up with this like hot one night stand. I'm like, yeah, he's super hot, and he's got the accent, and he's a musician. So I'm like, oh, this is great. And, like, we went back to the hotel, and he literally, like, threw me up against the wall and, like, had his hand around my neck and leaned in and said, you've been a very bad little girl. Do you know what happens to bad little girls? And I'm like, no. Yes. No. Yes. No. What happens? What happens? You know? And then what happened was, like, the freakiest, most deviant, like, he took off his belt. He's choking me. He's spanking my butt. And I'm like, okay, well, technically, this could be considered assault. Yeah. 
But, oh, it gets so, I'm, I'm really wet and I'm really turned on. So right. instead of calling the police, I'm gonna just see how this goes. And so how it went was ridiculous, amazing, awesome, best orgasms ever. And I woke up in the morning and I was like, I need to get his cigarettes. I need to get his breakfast. I need right. to pick up his laundry. I need to run errands for him. I need to do whatever he needs for me to do forever and ever. Amen. Oh my God. And I thought to myself, okay, wow, clearly there's something broken in my head because no one gets their ass beaten and then wants to become this person's servant. That <laughs> just doesn't make any sense. Right, and your brain just went there. My brain just went there. And, and then it took me a couple of years to say, Maybe it's not just that I have this incredible, unique bond with this one person. Maybe it's me. Maybe this is my personality. Maybe this is something within me that he just happened to hit upon. And at that point, luckily, I was living in San Francisco. And there's a few perverts there, in case you're just wondering where they are. There's a few. That's where I'm from, um, right? And I started poking around. I was like, hey, where are the kinky people? Because I assumed, I grew up in New York, and I assumed right. that BDSM and leather was all gay white men. Right. Like, that's who I saw. And then I was like, no, there's people from all walks of life doing this freaky shit. But here's my question. So you have this experience with a hot British guy, and then you probably had other sexual experiences after, and you're like, why is, like, how, did you ever try to be like, I want that again, or try to talk to these teach men I or did. women, well, whoever you're with. What's to... interesting is that it's really not difficult to get people, and this is why I say to people, you don't have to evangelize. This is the bridge. This is the part that they can, need to... You can welcome. You can say, this is an aspect of my life that I enjoy. So the next time I had a hookup, I did say to the person, you know, if you wanted to spank me while we're fucking, that would be okay. <laughs> I'd be totally and fine with that. I have yet right. to have anyone say no. You know, I had, actually, it was very funny because I had one woman who was a lover, and I was like, Hey, you know, and she was like, oh, and then she turned to this cabinet that had never been opened. Ooh. And like suddenly she's like, and I have floggers. And I, have, that I was like, the oh best my case God. scenario. And she had never bought up because she didn't want to scare me away. And so what was amazing was that I discovered that once I started to say, hey, you know, I, I, I'm into this. I had people, the most rejection that I received was someone saying, I'm not really into that, but I'd be interested in hearing why you are. You right, know? and that's not so bad, right? No, but you're getting, no. and you're getting what you want. So, exactly. so many people sexually are in relationships where they're hoping, you know, that their partners, who are not mind readers, no, no one's partner is a mind reader, but we just hope and we don't talk about it. So, you know, it helps to be very open right away. It helps to, right, right away, right? Like when you yeah. meet someone, you're like, this I is what I'm into. I think in the beginning, you can just say, you, you know what? you collar on your neck. I think but... I'm a freak. <laughs> so, I mean, my, my, my husband slash owner and I met on OkCupid. And that was because my OkCupid profile was like pervert, 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 submissive, bottom, this and this and that, if you're interested in that. And I can tell you, I got hundreds of responses, most of them from submissive men who were like, mistress, please. And I'm like, did no, you see you on my profile? But good for you. It's fantastic. But it showed me that there were people out there, a lot of people, you know, because I'm a niche market, you know, I'm not, I'm not the most marketable chick on OkCupid. So if I was getting that many responses, you got to know that there's tons of people who are like looking for it, just waiting for someone to have that openness with them. Right. And the thing is that if you share that with a partner and they're not into it, isn't it better to have that communication early in their relationship so you can make an informed and intelligent decision yeah. as to whether or not this is something that you wish to pursue? Right. You're like, I require to be spanked. If exactly. you cannot spank me, this is good on you. Anywhere. You have a fantastic right. life. No not judgment. Or leave it. Right. Someone else. Right. I like it. No, that's great. So you and then so you also teach courses that you tell educate people. I What's, do. 
I do. I do a lot of uh, classes. You do a lot of it's, stuff. Well, it's funny because people think, oh, kink and BDSM, what are their classes on? It's like, well, how do you negotiate? What happens when things don't go well? How do you find partners? How do you deal with being lot. involved with more than one person? If you're in a power exchange dynamic, there's so much to talk about. And there, so I talk about it all, all of it. I love it. How can they find you? What's next? So how you can find me on Molina.com, M-O-L-L-E-N-A.com. I have a book, a wonderful book that I co-wrote with Lee Harrington called... Um, uh, playing with others, your guide to exploring, discovering, and navigating the kink, leather, and BDSM communities. And that's for the person who's like, maybe, possibly, I think, I don't know, maybe I want to check this out. Like, my mom read it and was like, oh, okay, yeah, I <laughs> well, get it a little thing. bit it's, more. There's something, I do believe that people can read any of this and figure out, like, I might not be on that extreme of it, but right. there might, there's something in here that could work for me. Exactly. And that will spice up my sex life or get me to, maybe you don't know. I think a lot of people are also like, I don't really know what I wanted. I don't know no. who I am sexually. Yeah. So. Think but it can give you, you can give yourself permission to explore it, and then once you give yourself permission to explore, then you can figure out the rest of the deliciousness. I love it. You're delicious. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you for being here, Melina. I appreciate it. Thank Thanks you so, so much. much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you guys, okay. This is the time. We're doing some Q&A. Who's got questions for me? Come on. Are you guys having fun at the expo? You can just, okay, now are you ready to talk to me about what you've learned? Is it having a good time? Yay. We got a mic. This is Madison, producer Madison, if you listen to the Hello. podcast. Anyway, who listens to the podcast? Yay. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Yeah. I appreciate it. Does Questions. Oh, here we go. Love it. I got a microphone for you. And it just I takes one, and then you all start talking. Yeah. Hi. So this is something that came up in my last relationship, and I think it kind of ended the relationship, which was that we couldn't talk about sex, and part of it, um, you know, I mean, I'll take responsibility for not create, for just not knowing how to create a space to make him feel comfortable. So anytime I wanted to talk about sex, and this was after being in a relationship for over 10 years. You were with him for 10 years? Yeah. Okay. Um, he just felt like talking about sex was like me telling him what he was doing wrong or me telling him what I am not getting. Right. And that it felt like it was punishment or lecturing. And I didn't That's know how to overcome tricky. that. Because I would say, like, well, you tell me. Why don't we start with what you might want that we haven't talked about? But even and he's so, like, well, wait, wait. There must be something you don't want. What am I doing wrong? Yeah. Right. Sex is very touchy. It's a, I mean, it's a very challenging thing for couples to talk about. Especially if you're together for 10 years and all of a sudden you're like, let's talk about it. Of course someone is going to think, you know. Right. Like, it's, what we're doing is great, but I kind of want more. How do we discuss that? So I guess the question is, how do you cr help create a safe environment for your partner to not feel attacked or made wrong? It's a great question. That's a really great question. It's a, it's a, it is a common question, but a really, really good one because I think it is so overwhelming for people. And they just think, I'm just not going to deal with it. Maybe we'll talk tomorrow. Because there's never going to be a great time to have that sex talk if you've never had it. And so one of the best things is to not have it in the bedroom, okay? Unless you're in pain or there's something more you want in the bedroom. Typically, it's best to have these outside the bedroom. So maybe when you're, you know, having breakfast or taking a walk together, even driving in the car. I remember Charlie Glickman. I don't know if he's here, but he was on my show. And he was saying that couples, if you're driving in the car sometimes and you want to have the sex talk, but you like eye contact, it's kind of hard the first time. You're looking ahead, but you're still having the talk. And you're like, you know, that's another great way. But also, I love the compliment sandwich, too. So say something like, you know, our sex last night, you know, I'm really enjoying like the sex that we're having, like the way you were licking my nipples last night felt so good. And I was thinking it would be really cool if um, next time we're together, 
you could kind of do that again because I felt like I was about to orgasm and it felt amazing. And you're the way you were, you know, I could bring in some lube because I think lube would feel great when I'm masturbating. I, I do, so you just kind of start telling, reinforcing about stuff that you're doing. I think that's an easy way to get into it. Because if you're like, we need to talk. How does that go over ever to anybody, right? Your, your employees, your boss, anything, like, we need to talk. So it's like, hey, I just think as much as you could keep the sex conversation, it's a heavy subject, it's, it's intense, but to keep it lighter and to keep it more fun and playful, you're gonna have a lot, you're gonna have better sex and the conversation will become a lot easier to have. And especially once you start talking about it with your partner, it actually is a fun thing to do. It becomes like, wow, I see because you're getting benefits from it. We're actually having this talk and our sex just got better. And they're like, Let's, when can we talk about it again? It's like what we were talking about like earlier with Melina and every, like Dirty Lola, having these conversations, the first few times, it could be, it's gonna be hard, but then it becomes part of like, what do you want for dinner? It's like, so where are you gonna spank me tonight? You know, it does become easier. So thank you for your question. It's a great question. Any other questions? Come on guys, don't be shy. Hi. Hello. Um, what I've learned is that, you know, we need, to be authentic with ourselves, the things we feel, the things that we see. And Can you maybe move the mic up? Thank you. Make, 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 make sure that uh, we're letting ourselves out to our partners, the people that we're around. You know, don't, don't hide it because, uh, and, and that's what this has taught me at being here is, you know, be out there, be open, uh, share yourself, and find out what other people are about too. Yeah. No, that's great. It's true. I think a lot of people like silently suffer through I used to say monogamy that wasn't popular, but they do silently suffer through their relationships in a lot of ways. And there's no reason because sex is fun, guys. Sex is you know, the most pleasurable things in your life, and we run into so many obstacles, and we don't know how to communicate it, communicate about it. And your workshops are great also. Thank you. Thank you for coming to them. I appreciate it. I do teach workshops. I think I have another one February 2nd. 2nd at Hustler in Hollywood and Covina. West Covina. That's going to be fun, some sex toy shopping. Anyone find any toys here that they like? I forgot. I wanted to ask the women. Yeah, what'd you get? Um, so I got some stuff at that booth over there. I got like a, a really great deal on a vibrator and <laughs> some of those little balls. Like oh, like balls. the Kaggle balls? Yeah. Kaggle exercise, public floor health. So important. Um, but yeah, the stuff I really wanted was a little out of my price range, so we'll have to, we'll have to save up Out of your price range, things. save up. Yeah, it's worth it, you guys. It is worth it to spend. You don't want to get... Vibrators that are going to burn your vagina off made of not but non-body safe materials. So that's true. Okay, good. I'm glad. Any, any other questions? Any more we questions? Have like a few more Fun minutes. You saw? Oh, Lola over there. Yeah. Yes. Hi. Oh, sorry. <laughs> You're just going. Hey, that was a good fucking time. Hi, Hi. Emily. Hi, Amanda. Um, I Amanda was my that, intern for a while. Yeah. Hi. Um, I, w I was wondering, you talked on a few podcasts ago about um, websites for sex parties. And I was just wondering, because I know you've gone to one with, with Ross, like you told us about in a podcast. That's my boyfriend. Yeah. Okay. It's um, I was just wondering, like, your favorite way of going about that, like the safest way of going about that? Because I know there are lots of websites. but Yeah, there are. I mean, I think that depends on, like, Fat Life is a great website okay. to go out to. But you're thinking going to play parties? Yeah. And I've never been to one before, but I really want to go. I know. everyone. Well, I mean, luckily, I've got friends. That, no, but I think Fat Life is a great one. You're in L.A., right? Yeah. Any suggestions for sites that people use? Do you guys have suggestions? I mean, it's, yeah. 
I just think it's really finding like your groups, your community, who you're into. But what would you recommend? Like if there's Facebook groups? Uh, ooh, loud. Um, <laughs> definitely FetLife, but be careful. Uh, a lot of people have parties at their houses. So kind of pay attention to You want to be to safe. That. You want to be safe. Go to one at a public space and not just at somebody's apartment. Um, and then there's Kinky Salon out here. They're in the Bay. Are they in LA? Kinky you Salon know? in the Bay Area. Yeah, they're in the those. Bay. Right. And they do, those parties are great because they have a buddy system. You have to bring a friend. Um, and if one of you is an asshole, nobody can ever come back, which I love. So No, it's true. But I they encourage a buddy. And also they talk to you when you come in about everything. You don't have to have sex. Sex is an option, but you can also just sit and chill. And there's always a theme. You always wear a costume, which right, I think that's is right. amazing. Mm -hmm. so. that, I think that's a great advice. The places that are actually like, yeah, somewhere that's vetted. Kinky Salon is great in San Francisco. And I wonder, because since I moved to LA, I've been, I did go to that one party with him, which was really fun. My, Holly and Michael, they have a show on Playboy Radio called Swing. Are they here? They were going to come. But they invite, they're like my... They invite me. So I don't have to, I, I have not gone on the sites here. And since I moved to LA three years ago, I've been way too busy to do it, which kind of sucks. But can, yeah, there are, I would check out Fat Life. I would check out some Facebook things. And Kiki Salon might even have things here. Okay, anyone else have any questions? All right, we're good. All right, you guys, that's, is that it? Oh my God, you guys, thank you so much for coming. And uh, thank you to the Sexual Health Expo. We're going to be doing this all over, following us around the country. And um, follow me on, yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Sex with Emily. Thank you to all the fans for being here. I'll be over at my booth. I've got books. I've got T-shirts. We can talk. We can have a drink. We can hang out. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. If you've listened to this show the last couple months, you've probably heard me talk about a very unique product called the Womanizer. A while back, the owners of the company asked if they could send me one to test, which of course I agreed to, duh. As you know, I own and review a lot of toys and was fairly confident that I've tried every category of product around. I was wrong. I'm never wrong, I was wrong. The Womanizer was designed in Germany and unlike anything else on the market, it indirectly stimulates the clitoris using suction. It kind of looks like a sexy ear thermometer. It has a silicone, thinder, silicone cylinder on the face that you place over your clitoris. Kind of how like a partner might use their mouth. And while it's on, you can vary the suction and move it around to create an amazingly intense experience. In fact, most women in their focus group achieved orgasm in one minute. That's right, a 60 second orgasm. Okay, so back to me. I tried the Womanizer, and yeah, they weren't kidding. It's amazing. The suction is adjustable, and you can position it to create so many different sensations. The Womanizer really is in its own category, and I suggest you check it out for yourself. Go to sexwithemily.com and click on the Womanizer banner for more information. You'll love it. Here's a message from Podcast One. Okay. They've got a really important listener survey at podcastone.com. Your responses will help make this show the very best it can be. And you'll help Podcast One continue granting your requests. It'll only take three minutes of your time, and you get the instant gratification that comes with knowing you help support the show. It's just as important as supporting our sponsors. You can tell us how you really feel about the show and help us get to get to know you better. Do it now. Take the survey at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Thanks.